Welcome to the Swerve Church Podcast. My name is Danny. I'm the lead pastor here at Swerve, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in and listening to this week's sermon. I pray and hope that it is a huge encouragement and a help to you in your walk with Christ. Swerve is one church in two locations, and you're invited to join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. at 239 Stanhope Street in Bushwick, Brooklyn, or Sundays at 12 p.m. at 407 Wilson Avenue in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I pray that this message is a huge encouragement to you. You're applying to Frito-Lay? Yeah, but I gotta be a high school graduate and I can barely read the application. No, baby, that's okay, I'll help you. <laughs> I need my wife to help me fill out the application. God, what an idiot. Hey, stop it. Screw the diploma, can you do the job? Yeah, I think so. Can you? Yes, I can. Okay, well, guess what? You graduated from San Bernardino High School, class of 71. Yeah, with honors. What's up? Okay, Bobby, let's not get crazy. Come on, they ain't gonna know. So, Tony says you're a good guy. Yeah, I hope so. You fill this out? Yeah? You write like a girl. Thank you. San Bernardino High, huh? I went there. You did? Remember Principal Grimaldi? Oh, tough, annoying. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. I hated that guy. Principal Grimaldi is a woman. Yeah, yeah, but she was like, she was like, like a woman who felt like one of the guys. Okay. All right. No, look, sir, look, I'm fast. I'm smart. Like, I, I know I don't look it, but I promise I'll be the best worker you ever hired. Look, maybe I don't got no diploma, but I got a PhD. Hmm. I'm poor, hungry, and determined, sir. Well, that's just stupid. Fine. Honestly, most of the Mexicans here work pretty hard. It's a janitor gig. What's the worst you could do, break a mop? But I won't. Last week, we kicked off our summer series at the movies, where we've been looking at clips from the movie Flamin' Hot. If you've never seen the movie, it's based on the life of Rich Montañez, who was born into a Mexican family. He had to beat all the odds growing up in an impoverished environment and a racist environment, and eventually climb his way up the corporate ladder at PepsiCo or Frito-Lay by inventing the Flaming Hot Cheeto. By the way, we had some Flaming Hot Cheetos here at the church last week, and I love how everybody's fingers were all orange after church last Sunday. I can only imagine what, what the neighbors might be thinking. Why does everyone leaving that church have orange fingertips, right? Well, in, in the clip uh, that we just saw together, uh, Rich is trying to transition from the life of a street thug, uh, pushing drugs, to, to being a working man in order to take care of his growing family. He's a new man, not wanting to go back to his old ways, and he's trying to take responsibility, and he wants to make an honest living. And so he does this. He somehow finesses his way through the job interview and wins over the manager with his PhD, right? He's poor, hungry, and determined. And with that, he gets the position as part of the janitorial staff. Rich goes from pushing drugs to pushing a mop. But he's making an honest living, and he's providing for his family. Now, while he's working a steady job, and he appreciates the opportunity, Rich has dreams and aspirations of doing more. He's hungry 
to learn about other facets of the chip business. He's at the bottom of the corporate totem pole, but he has dreams. He has dreams of, of doing more and really making a name for himself. And so one day, he's mopping up the staff cafeteria where everybody would go and have lunch when the manager wheels in a TV, you know, one of those big old TVs from, from way back when. And the CEO of the company wants to address his employees. But for everyone in the cafeteria, it's just white noise. Nobody's paying attention except Rich. Rich is all ears because he feels that there is more to his life. Check out this clip. Okay. Enjoy the show. Amen, what's that? Watch it, ignore it. I don't care. Hello, I'm Roger Enrico, chairman of Frito-Lay. I'm sure you're wondering why I'm here, speaking directly to you, our workforce. You, my friend, are the heart and soul of this company. Turns out Enrico sounded more like Mr. Rogers than American me. running and the product moving. Now the world, the economy, the factory is going through a hard time. I know you felt it, but for every challenge, there is opportunity. And this is your opportunity, Richard. Yeah, you with the broom. You see anyone else watching? Me? I'm just a janitor. So, show the world what a janitor can do. Every person can be the difference between failure and success. Richard, I want you to think Think like a CEO. Think like a CEO. Think like a CEO. For Rich, it was almost like the message was just for him. He felt like the CEO was speaking directly to him, trying to call him out into something deeper, something more substantive, into a greater purpose. You know, it, it reminded me of several scenes that we see throughout the Gospels. The idea of, of Jesus calling out. This idea of God seeking and saving and giving a renewed sense of vision and purpose. You know, for example, you have Peter and Andrew doing their uh, equivalent of a dirty bottom of the corporate totem pole type job, right? They're just catching fish and mending nets. They're fishermen. And every day they'd wake up and they'd do the same thing until one day when they would encounter Jesus. And Jesus would tell them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Throughout the entirety of Scripture, God is a God who seeks, saves, and calls. This is what Paul confirms for us in 2 Timothy when he writes this. Check this out. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Paul writes that God saved us and called us with a holy calling. So here's what I want to do. For the rest of our time, I want to share three things that were called to by God through Christ. Now, as I mentioned last week, I've invited some people that you know and that you love to help me with this series. Okay, I want Swerve to be a place where we can discover, we can develop, and we can deploy leaders for God's kingdom work. Okay, so I've invited Tommy today to lend a hand, and he's going to help us see this, number one in your notes, that God calls us to salvation. I didn't grow up in ministry, and I didn't have any godly leaders in my life. 
As a matter of fact, I grew up around a lot of troubled friends from school and from the streets. We were all just a bunch of broken kids trying to find ways to hide our brokenness. There was a lot of partying, a lot of smoking, a lot of drinking, and it was all fun at first. But then when you try to stop and you can't, it breaks you. At least from my perspective, I think that some of the worst feelings that we can experience is a lack of self-control and a lack of purpose. When you don't have those things, especially when you're young, you might try to find them in places where you shouldn't. For me, my story is that I try to find those things in New Age spirituality. If you don't know what that is, the best way to describe it is open spirituality or mysticism. It's an umbrella term, so it's going to be different for everyone, depending on who you ask. But at the core of it, they make it all about ourselves. This law of attraction, this idea that we can manifest our own reality with our minds. And then it goes to energy crystals, mantras, spirit guides, reincarnation, chakras, astral projection. I was so caught up in this stuff, I didn't even realize it. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1 that God has clearly revealed himself to us through his creation. But we exchange the truth for a lie by worshiping the creation instead of the creator. I was stubborn and I thought I knew everything. But I'm here now because God broke me. He confronted me with the truth. I knew in my heart that I was guilty of breaking the standard. So I surrendered to Christ. And despite all the things I've done and all the things I've said, He still forgives. So just as our Frito-Lay generator, Richard, was called to a greater purpose, God may very well be calling you right now to serve the greatest purpose there is. Whose purpose? According to 2 Timothy 1.9, it's His purpose. Salvation is a free gift made available to us, and it's all because of what Christ has done for us, not according to our works. The Bible says in Ephesians that we were dead in our sins, that by nature we were children of wrath, but God, being so rich in mercy and love, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you are saved through faith, not by works, lest anyone should boast. And by whose grace are we saved? It's His grace. Now that God's made us alive together in Christ, this leads us to our second point, that God calls us to family. Something that is so cool and so unique about God is that when He calls, it's not just an individual calling. There's a corporate sense and a setting that we're called to. God designed us to live in community and to contribute to a spiritual family. I want to I show you guys this detail in today's main passage. Check this out. He has saved us and called us with the holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Notice the corporate language that Paul is using here. The calling of God isn't simply an individualistic calling. It's a corporate calling. In other words, your calling involves being part of a bigger picture outside of yourself. We need to understand that this is actually a gift from God. We were never designed to do life or to live out our faith in isolation. We were designed for community. We were designed for relationship. And even our God-given mission is so great, is designed to be done together. And ultimately, this is what the church is. It's not just an organization. It's not just a religious institution. It's not just a center for biblical education. It's a family. Even the calling of Jesus was a corporate calling. The calling to go and make disciples of all nations wasn't given to one individual. It was a corporate calling to followers of Christ everywhere to go together to go and make disciples of all nations. And while our very individualized culture has difficulty understanding this, it was very plain to the early church 
And it's evidenced by what they did after the resurrection of Jesus. Check out the sense of family that the early church had in the book of Acts. Check this out. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Notice that among the exposition of God's word and the spiritual discipline of prayer, the early church devoted themselves to fellowship and to the breaking of bread. In other words, eating with one another and getting together to commune with one another, doing life together. The word devoted in this verse implies that there was a commitment and a perseverance to these four areas, which means this. Sometimes we don't feel like doing the things we're supposed to do. But since you're devoted to it, you don't give up. You persevere. You overcome your feelings to get to what you know you need. And guys, there's no way around this. We need one another because we have a corporate calling and we're called by God into a family. The early church devoted themselves to the spiritual family. Can the same thing be said about you? We all have the necessity to be needed and known. We were designed for community and relationship. The greatest resource that God has provided for this is the local church. And this means sometimes you don't feel like it. Sometimes you're not in the mood. Sometimes it's raining or it's too cold or it's too hot or I don't like this series or I don't like the spicy chips or I'm too tired or whatever. But since we're devoted, we're going to persevere. We're going to push through. We're going to prioritize family because it's God's gift to us. And this is my encouragement to each and every single one of you. Be a part of the family of God. Connect to the family of God. Plug into the family of God. Contribute to the family that God has placed you in. And see all the amazing things that God can accomplish through us together. Which is transitions us to the last point for today. And this is point number three in your notes. You can write this down. That is that God calls us to a mission. Then he said to him, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. When God calls you to the truth through his word and brings you into his family, my question to you now is, what is your mission? What do you do with God's word? Just as we saw Richard doubting his abilities at first, some of you might be in this very same position. You might be wondering, what can I do? What does mission look like? Before we get into that, I want to share a story about somebody in the Bible. In the Old Testament, we have the book of Judges. And in chapter 6, we read about somebody named Gideon. The Lord appears to Gideon while he was working at the wine press. And the first thing that the Lord tells Gideon is this, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Some translations may say, valiant warrior. From this, we learn something about God's character. He calls Gideon a mighty warrior. But wait a minute. At that moment, Gideon hasn't done anything to be called a mighty warrior. But yet here, the Lord himself calls him a mighty warrior. Can you imagine, just a second, God himself calling somebody a mighty warrior? There must be something really special about that person if God were to call him that. But now the point here is that God looks at Gideon, not for the person that he is at the moment, but for the person he is to become and the mission he is going to accomplish. Gideon was sent on a mission to deliver and rescue his people from the Midianites. Those were the people who were oppressing the nation of Israel at that time. And just as Richard from the movie doubted his own ability 
abilities. Gideon also doubts himself. He says, please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? My family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's family. And yet, check this out. The Lord tells him, but I will be with you. Gideon's army was an army of 32,000 warriors, but then God reduces it all the way down to just 300. And you might be wondering why. God did this to prove a point. The strength and success of Gideon and his army was only possible through God himself. It was entirely the work of God. And Gideon, when the time was right, God gave Gideon the call to attack. And he says, get up, attack the camp, for I have handed it over to you. So what is our mission? According to Mark 16, it's to go into the world and preach the gospel. We here at Swerve believe that every single one of you is uniquely gifted. There are people who you can reach out to that I probably can't. A lot of my life is spent playing handball in the streets, and my Spanish isn't all that great. But we have some native Spanish speakers here that can connect to our community, who is predominantly of Latino descent. Whatever your gifting is, remember that it comes from the Lord, and our strength for mission is not our own, but His. When Rich pulled up to the cafeteria with mop in hand, he had no idea what was in store for him. That video from the CEO of PepsiCo would forever change the trajectory of his life. He felt like the CEO was talking specifically to him and calling him to think like a CEO. Let me just say that perhaps right here, right now, God is calling some of you. For some of you, God is calling you into his mission. There's a dying world and many of our neighbors are living aimless and heading towards eternal destruction. God is calling you into his mission to share the gospel, to live on mission, and to engage your neighbors with the hope of Christ. For some of you, God is calling you into deeper relationship with his family. He's challenging you to plug in, to show up, to serve, to give, and to encourage people in your church family. He's calling you to reach out to that person, to grab a cup of coffee, or to invite several people over for dinner so that you can grow in deeper relationship. For some of you, God might just be calling you into relationship with Him. God is calling you, and He's telling you how much He loves you. The depths of His love demonstrated by the lengths He would go to redeem you back to Himself. Apart from God, we're all sinners heading for destruction. We've all sinned. We've all rejected God. But God, by His grace, sent this Jesus to live a perfect and sinless life, and then to die in our place as the atonement for our sin. And on the third day, He rose from the grave, conquering Satan's sin and death. And now for all who repent of their sins and look to Jesus, our sins can be forgiven, we can be made new, and our eternity secured. God is an on-mission God, seeking and saving the lost and able to save a wretch like me and you. And if you're here today and you haven't put your faith in Jesus, God is calling you. Put your faith in Him today. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, that you call us to salvation, that you reach to the deepest, darkest pockets of our lives, and you save us from it. Lord, help us to live in the family that you've called us to, that we might devote ourselves to family, and to encourage one another towards love and good deeds. Thank you for being an on-mission God and for calling us to be on mission. So many of our neighbors are lost. So we pray, Lord, that you would soften hearts and use our words and our lives to declare the goodness of God and your provision through Christ for salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.